0: Welcome to the Science Brief. Join us in the briefing room, where we'll investigate the wonders of the scientific world.
1: It's your host, Mariam and Vanessa, and today we are tackling aging. She's so cool, so breathtaking. Well,
0: not only is she cool, but she's immortal. She has a superpower where she can turn back time by
1: reverting to a younger version of itself. That sounds really interesting. What is she? Some sort of bug or something? Not a bug. I'm talking about
0: Teratopsis dorni, known as the immortal jellyfish.
1: How can she be immortal?
0: Is that even possible? Well, when she faces some sort of environmental stress like starvation or injury, she can revert back to a tiny blob of tissue.
1: She just transformed herself from a fully grown jellyfish into a ball of cells? Well, imagine this, a grown jellyfish gets badly injured, her
0: clock is ticking. You would think she's getting ready for a deathbed, but suddenly her tentacles retract, she sinks to the ocean floor, and it starts folding over itself, degenerating until it becomes a gelatinous blob and her whole life cycle starts over again. Do you remember that movie Benjamin Button where he ages backwards?
1: It's kind of like that, from grown Brad Pitt to baby Brad Pitt. All right, so you're telling me that this jellyfish can actually control its aging process? How does it even do that? Well, researchers are investigating
0: exactly how it's done, but what we know is that there are genes that control a process called transdifferentiation. Through transdifferentiation, the jellyfish can turn an adult cell into an entirely different type of cell. Essentially, they are able to transform into a younger version of themselves, which they can do when they are hurt or badly injured, and therefore we call them immortal.
1: Wouldn't it be cool if humans could reverse their age and stay young forever?
0: That might be feasible in the future. That is why many scientists are working on understanding this process and aging in general. They often call themselves gerontologists. Gerontology is the study of the social, psychological, cognitive, cultural, and biological aspects of aging.
1: What a cool field of science. So let's talk about why we age. Okay, let's focus on the biological aspects of aging. The aging of human body, just like the aging of man-made machines, results from an accumulation of various types of damage.
0: Yeah, definitely. Health problems arise due to the accumulation of cellular damage throughout time. So if we could understand cellular aging, it would be easier to figure out why the human body ages. You are
1: absolutely right. There are several theories on the cause of cellular aging. During every cell division, the genetic material replicates and errors happen during this replication. In our cells, we do have genes responsible for fixing these errors. However, over the time, the damage accumulates and the the cells can lose their ability to function properly. So I guess if humans could find a way to stop this error accumulation,
0: does that mean we will still age chronologically, but biologically
1: we could stay healthy and as a result live a longer and healthier life? Well, there are actually human beings that are naturally like this. Centenarians are people who live over 100 years old and are still generally healthy. Are their genes special, kind of like what we see in the jellyfish? Yeah, interestingly, there is this study of Ashkenazi centenarians who lived not only long lives but healthy as well. This study, known as the Longevity Gene Project, that studied more than 750 healthy elderly people between the ages of 95 and 112, and their children. But did they find any genes important to aging? Actually, they did. Fortunately, we have the lead of the longevity gene study, Dr. Nir Barzilai, to help us investigate this further. Dr. Barzolay is a chaired professor of medicine and genetics and director of biggest center in the world to study the biology of aging and the principal investigator of Einstein Nathan Shock Center and the Glenn Center. He's the author of over 270 peer-reviewed papers and a recipient of numerous prestigious awards including the recipient of the 2010 Irving S. Wright Award of Distinction in Aging Research and is the 2018 recipient of the Ibsen Longevity Award. He's a founder of Cobar, Inc., now is a public company and a medical advisor for life bioscience. He's on the board of AFAR, its scientific director, and a founding member of Academy for Lifespan and Healthspan. He has been featured in major papers, TV programs, and documentaries, including TEDx and TEDMED. And he has been consulting or presented the promise uh, for targeting aging at the Singapore Prime Minister Office, Prime Minister Office in Israel, several international banks, the Vatican, PepsiCo, Milken Institute, the Davis Economical Forum, and featured in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, The Economist, and Wired Magazine. His book, Age Later, was published in June of 2020.
0: Thank you, Dr. Barsalai, for being here with us today. So our first question is, can we stop aging?
2: Let me me start for our audience and say, you know, biology, aging has biology, right? We know who's young, who's old. And lots of people are surprised to hear that this biology is actually quite flexible. And we have shown that we can delay aging, we can stop aging and we can reverse aging in several uh, ways. And, and since aging, since this biology is what drives the disease, we can extend the health span of people too. And this is not a hope, it's a promise that we're in the midst of realizing. So that is the context of where I am now. Okay, aging is flexible. It can be targeted. We can live much healthier for much longer. And there are several approaches of how we got to where we are. And the most promising approach was because aging has so many things, so many things are going on and, and it's interfered by disease and, and the environment and other things And what we've done in the lab is we try to look at models that live longer, okay? Models that have longevity. Now, it doesn't mean that we learned everything that we need to learn about aging, but we already learned how to intervene in pathways through the fact that we have animals that for genetic reason or environmental reason or other, they live longer. You know, for example, if you take animals and do caloric restriction, they would live, you know, 40% longer and much healthier. Uh, there, There are drugs that does it. There's genetic manipulation that does it. By the fact that we have all those longevity model, we made great progress. But there's always the question, how, you know, what about us humans? Do we also have some pathways are they the same pathways that are relevant to everyone and this is really why although i had a lab that's doing those animal studies i said just a minute there are human centenarians okay they they live you know like 40 years beyond what their friends lived when they were born you know i started in, 19, uh, in 1998, I think, was the first centenarians that I, that, that I had. So they were born in the 1900, where life expectancy was 40. <laughs> and if you got to 40, it might have been 60. Okay, but they doubled it pretty much. So what is so unique about those guys? Why one out of 10,000 gets to be so old? And that's why I took centenarians.
1: Okay, so basically you looked at these people, you saw they are not only living longer, but they are healthy. And then the environment factors that was involved earlier in, eight, in 1900 couldn't um, kill them at 60, right? Okay, so that's why you
2: picked them. How did we pick people? We said they had to be independently living at age 95, suggesting that both mentally and physically, they could be out. But actually, we were very interested in knowing if those guys were sick when everybody else got sick and now they are just living 40 years with diseases or is their health span and lifespan goes together. And and we showed that actually it's their health span that is also extended. In other words, they live 20, 30 years healthier than control people. Yes. Our population at age 80, only 10% of them don't have any other disease. And in our centenarian at age 100, 30% of them don't have other disease. But if you think this is interesting, that's not the most interesting part. The most interesting part is that they have what we call a contraction of morbidity. They get sick for a very short time at the end of their lives. Not like the rest of us that lives years with diseases and we accumulate those diseases. So if we could imitate it, if we could be healthy, healthy, healthy and die. <laughs> the life will be just much, much, much better.
1: So what did you find in your study? Could you find any genes that contribute to their longevity or what was it that was interesting in their genetics, in their genome?
2: I'll, I'll start with the really major one, okay? Almost 60% of our centenarians have something that impairs that impairs their growth hormone action. Okay. Um, so, in a way, first of all, all the dwarf models in the world, they live longer. By the way, you know that the little dogs live longer, okay? But the ponies live longer, and, and the variety of animals, including growth hormone-deficient animals, they all live much, much longer and healthier. Um, and probably the reason is because we need the growth hormone for the energy to grow. But when we start getting old, we need the energy for repair because we're start to breaking down. So it's important to take the energy for growth and uh, tilt it so that we can be able to repair. And that's probably why this is re- really uh, a- an important pathway in centenarians. So if they had low growth hormone actions by many mutations in their genes, um, that, that would help him get older. Beside the genes uh, for growth, right, the growth hormone genes, um, we discovered two other genes that have actually turned into a uh, treatment. Uh, in other words, they had uh, uh, phase three trials. Uh, one is a CTP inhibitor. It's really something that interferes uh, not with a good cholesterol, but increase. Uh, the bad cholesterol, but increase the good cholesterol, the HDL cholesterol. Um, and the second is also a lipid genes. It's called APOS C3, and it lowers triglycerides and increases the, uh, the good cholesterol. So, those were drugs that developed in part by seeing that, that there are a lot of centenarians that have those genes with those mutations and they function to change those lipids that we have.
1: Is it only genetics, or does environment also play a role in how long we live and how healthy we are?
2: Oh, absolutely, the environment uh, is crucial. But you know, um, if 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 in the in the test for geriatrician, there will be a question: What's the percentage of environment and genes in longevity? Okay, and the correct answer will be some eighty, probably eighty percent environment and twenty percent genes. And, and I think most people say, okay, we'll, we'll see who goes there and who goes with the environment. But it's really an interaction. And not only it's interaction, it's interaction between the environment and genes. So in a sense, if I know all the genes that are responsible to the interaction with the environment, those 20%, that'll be enough to prevent the environment effect, okay? Uh, It's it's not mutually exclusive, this interaction. But also, it's a little bit difficult uh, to really know because, because, you know, a lot of it is determined by the length of life between, let's say, father and their sons, okay? So my, my grandfather got a heart attack when he was 68, and he died. My, that's my grandfather. My father also got heart attack at 68, but he had a triple bypass and he died at 84. So there is a genetic similarity between them, but because of medical progress and that is part of the environment, it's not matching anymore. So it's it's really very difficult for, to take demographers and just say, you know, we calculate 80%. 70%, 70%, it's its not that. But the environment is definitely important. And I'll tell you uh, from a protective side effect, it's the diet and exercise, or oh, I should say exercise and diet are the most important. At any age, at any gender, uh, exercise and, and diet are very important. Saying that, my centenarians <laughs> didn't interact well with the environment, okay? They, they, there's, you know, 50% smokes, 50% were overweight or obese um, uh, exercising, even house, household work was in less than 50%. Vegetarian was like 2%. So they didn't need, their aging was slow despite the environment. I, I have a woman who lived to be 110 And I met her when she was 100 years old in Manhattan. And she was in an apartment. She opens the door and she's smoking. And I said, Helen, nobody told you to stop smoking. And she said, the four doctors that told me to stop smoking, they died. And (laughs) so, so, you know, they're really quite protected from, as a group, they are quite protected from the effect of the environment. And of course, the message for you guys is not, is not that you, even if you have parents with longevity, you know, uh, the, the environment is still important.
0: So that kind of brings me to my, my next question about your TAME uh, clinical trials. So that's the targeting aging with metformin. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that clinical trial?
2: Uh, sure. So metformin is a drug that has been around for uh, more than 60 years, almost 70 years to treat diabetes, but it's actually been longer. It was, it was really treated um, to prevent flu and malaria. And it's when they use this to treat flu and malaria that they recognized that in people with diabetes, their glucose was lowered. So then it became a diabetic drug. The reason we want to repurpose for aging is not only to show the proof of the concept that that with one drug, we can stop aging and extend the health span, but uh, as important to have the FDA approve such an approach because aging is not considered a disease and we had to negotiate with the FDA in a way we still do. We, we can do the study, but we still do in order to say, okay, uh, what do we have to show you that you'll say, okay, we can approve this drug for this? Um, and, and that's why we're doing uh, this study.
0: It's kind of a sci-fi question, so if you're comfortable answering it, but do you think we'll ever be able to reverse aging? Have you seen that movie, Curious Case of Benjamin Button with Brad Pitt? Yeah, so can we ever reverse our aging?
2: Um, yeah, and I think we're working and should work. So our, our research is, has really two stages. You know, maximal lifespan is considered to be 115 years. We argue because there's a woman who lived to 122, but, you know, pretty much 115 years. But we die before the age of 80. So there's low-hanging fruit. We should, we should achieve many more years because it's in our capacity without, without being dramatic, okay? And then there's, you know, can we go farther? And the answer is probably yes, not now, but if we don't prepare now, <laughs> it's not going to prepare later. So we have to do, it's not or, or it's end end. <laughs> we have to do both. There's a science paper not long ago where uh, they reversed aging in the eye of a nerve that was crushed. And 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 with with this approach of really rejuvenated rejuvenated this nerve, erasing the memory of aging. So so the answer is yes, sci-fi, but yeah, absolutely we're working on that. We know examples, we know the roadmap to some extent, and we'll have to go back and forth. But yes, in my mind, this will happen.
0: That's so awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Brasile for being here with us today. And I I think it's really exciting that there's help on the way and there's research being done on aging, and we're going to be able to live a healthier, longer life. And it's, it's really great all the work you're doing. Well, now that we've been briefed on the science of aging, what's your take on it?
1: Okay, so now we talked about science of aging, and um, my take is, aging is not only environment or only like time passing, it also involves genes. So by studying aging and do more research in science of aging, we, we not only can live longer, but also can live healthier.
0: Yeah, my take on it is that this research is really exciting and important. And with studies like TAME and other investigations into aging, we could hopefully have cures or have treatments for age-related disorders like Alzheimer's. So it's, it's really exciting what the future of this uh, field of study holds. You've been brief. Be sure to come back to our briefing
1: room for more. Follow us on Instagram at The Science Brief.